Hey everyone, before we start the show this week, I gotta do two things. One, I wanna let you know that this week's episode is a little bit different than most episodes. It's a bit more informal. I say that probably five or six times. I may have had one or two beers before we started recording. And two, I wanna give a quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers. I wanna give a shout out to Brad, Brian, Daniel, Mikey P, Robert, and Scott. Thank you guys so much for backing us. You have no idea what your support means to our show. We are on the road to do some amazing stuff in the next year, and you guys are helping that. Thank you so much. Without further ado, let's get on to the show. This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week are two fantastic human beings in person. I'm looking at their beautiful, wonderful faces right now. Brian Murray. Hi. And Paul Jaceley. Greetings, humanoids. Look at how much faster we can do that now that we're in person. <laughs> That's so much better. Uh, it's so much better. It, it's so, such a strange thing. We're here at the IRCB getaway out here in the middle of Stanford, Michigan. I'm Stanwood, not, Michigan. St- Close I enough. was trying to throw them off the scent. <laughs> uh, no, we're here in Stanwood, Michigan. Uh, we rented an Airbnb, and so a handful of us are out here hanging out. This is not going to be your traditional episode. I just want to warn you up front. We're going to try to do something a little bit more freeform. We're going to get weird. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to get completely weird. I'm going to get Brian's weird. Brian's <laughs> going to get completely weird. This is, it's, we're kind of just going to talk about comic books in general. Um, we know what we're reading. We know what we're excited for, but we're mm-hmm. kind of just, I kind of wanted to go into like, what got you guys into comic books? And it can't be as straightforward as, Mike, you got me to read a comic book. Because I know that's your answer, Brian. I <laughs> yeah. think the better question is, you know, what got you into comic books and what kept you in comic books? It, like, at a certain point, someone just giving you comic books isn't enough to keep you reading. So I kind of wanted to go into that. I want to remind everyone that we also have a Patreon. And I'm going to stop talking because my voice, I've been screaming and yelling all day. And I want to <laughs> g- give Brian and Paul a chance to actually talk today. So let's talk about what got you guys into comic books. What have you been reading? All that kind of stuff. Well, first off, it's so nice to be here with all of you in person. Um, this is not the first time I've met Paul, but it is like to- one of the three times I've met Paul. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it is so funny that we've all spoken at length with each other, but seen each other in person a handful of times. Mm-hmm. On accident, too. Like, we never <laughs> planned right. it. It's just yeah. like, oh, hey, Paul's at Vault of Midnight yeah. today. <laughs> Having to run into each other. Um, it's a small world sometimes. Yeah. That's an interesting question, Mike. Um, it's... I feel like I've always been reading comics, and I think that's different from most of the people on the on the show. Where sure, I got into comics a little, little bit later, but they've always been something I've been into, and I think that that's what's kept me into it. I couldn't really imagine not reading comics. There was a period when I stopped reading comics regularly mm-hmm. when I graduated high school and kind of put them away for a while. But once you fall back into it, buying them regularly, especially having a pull list and a weekly schedule of going to the shop and all that, yeah. It's uh, habit forming in uh, maybe not the best the best way. You yeah, know? yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's better than habit forming in the sense of cigarettes, but budget wise, <laughs> yeah, not that different. Maybe <laughs> the taxes on your actual <laughs> wallet instead of your body. Which, <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the exchange there? Yeah. Um, but I think what kind of keeps what has kept me in the comics, honestly, is being able to do things like this. When I was a kid reading comics, I didn't have really have many friends. I read comics, mm-hmm. you know, other than like uh, my brother. So it was like not something a communal shared experience what's nice about this and when i got back into comics about 10 years ago was that thanks to things like the internet and podcasts mm-hmm. twitter for all it's good and bad it was became more <laughs> comics became more of a communal experience where it was i can read something and see someone else's thoughts about it and share them immediately and that's really right. what's kind of kept me more involved and in tune with it over the years 
Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't have Paul's history with comic books, but I have a similar reason for continuing to read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started reading comics when I was part of the comic book club at Grand Valley. Yeah. My roommate, Jared, was like, hey, I'm going to this club. You should come with me. Yeah. So I did. And then I met Mike. And and it's all history from there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like you, you obviously didn't, it wasn't just going to the club, right? Yeah. It was like you got into these comics. Yeah. Books. Like I went to the club and I was like, oh, these are all pretty cool people. I want to understand what they're also passionate about like yeah why all of these people are giving up their thursday night to be here and talk about these things yeah yeah so i started you know reading as much as i could and then i, I stopped for a while after i left college because mm-hmm. i wasn't in the club anymore i didn't have access to the club library anymore i didn't have access to mike's library anymore <laughs> right right uh and then after i had had my my first quote-unquote big kid job mm-hmm. for about a year or so, like Vault of Midnight had just opened up about a year and a half earlier. Right. And I finally realized like, wait a minute, I have money now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I can actually <laughs> afford to buy comics. I can go to a comic shop and buy comics every week mm-hmm. instead of like saving up and buying one $20 trade some weekend. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and it was all downhill from there. I went real hard on the Marvel, like right as Secret Wars was coming in. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah, sure. that and like like Squirrel Girl and Spider Gwen were first coming out, so mm-hmm. I was I was all on board with Marvel. For yeah, a while. those are good books to get hooked on, man. I, I think, and that's why I think how a lot of people started like books like Spider Gwen and Squirrel Girl being so weird and out there got a lot of folks into it. Yeah, and yeah. I I, I kind of want to go back to something that Paul was talking about as far as like going to your shop every week. I I think I felt that same sentiment when I started to really get into comic books, where eventually I. You know, I was telling myself, oh, I'll only get like one book a month or a couple books a month. But then if you feel that habit of like, oh, let's go to the shop every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, if I'm going to the shop, I should at least have a make or make sure there's a book coming out that I'm going to get. Because there's, it kind of feels weird to be like, go out of your way to a comic book shop, walk in and not get anything. Course, unless you're yeah. socializing. I mean, yeah. and, and that's a whole other side of it. Um, but of course, I've never been someone who wants to really socialize about comic <laughs> books. And that's kind of a joke that I've been making for the last four years about this show where we talk about comic comic books every week but um i still to this day get very intimidated talking with strangers about comics because it opens up a lot of really weird doors that i don't want to necessarily walk through because there is just this whole weird side of comic books that we're in where people are very gatekeepy or they're like i know more than you and it's like mm-hmm. man i just want to talk about how i enjoy x-men like you don't have to be a <laughs> dick about it yeah you don't want to get into those conversations and you also don't want to be like yeah i really like comic books and then have people assume that you are also one of those gatekeepery yes. people <laughs> yes <laughs> like i i hate that i'm like i like comics oh but not like that not like that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it feels weird but at the same time like we nonetheless we still buy into this system and we want to like we want to participate we want to be members of like the comics culture yeah. um and it, it's something that keeps me drunk coming back because i really do love hearing about people's experiences in reading comics what books they love what books they don't especially if it's someone that i've really maybe known for a while and i didn't know they read comic books and they're like oh yeah i got really into why the last man and i was like oh i, I had no idea that you were even into comic books mm-hmm. what drew you to that book versus you know your standard superhero books which a lot of people are drawn into in the first place uh and that's that's, that's one of the most interesting parts about it. What's interesting, I've, I've had conversations recently with uh, some coworkers. I recently changed jobs, so I'm like, meeting new people. And I'm actually totally. a lot of people I work with read comics. And it's funny, when I mention them, you know, I do this podcast, right? I'm a comics fan. And they ask, like, what are you reading? Well, my first thing is always, like, I kind of preface it by saying, yeah, I read a lot of dumb stuff. Sure. I read a lot of Justice League. And they're like, oh, do you like Saga? I'm like, yeah, that's good, too. But 
Batman comics. Let's talk about that, right? <laughs> but I think your approach to that is totally different where you're just like, well, I've read every Batman book and I know right. more about Batman than you. Like, no, you no. come off right off from the... I've talked to people like that. I literally yeah. talked to someone like... It, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, it's something that really blows my mind where people feel like they need to be elbowy about the books that they're reading. It's like, there's only like 35,000 people doing this. <laughs> right. We really yeah. need to stop being dicks to each other. Yeah. I, I, and I'm exaggerating, right? I mean, the number is a bit higher than that. But people that are regularly in this thing and they're buying books every month regularly, like, mm. it's few and far yeah. between. And it can, I don't, I don't understand why people are so mean to each it, other. That's, <laughs> that's, just, that's just me. Yeah. It, it really doesn't make any sense because it's, you found someone who cares about this dumb thing that you like. Yep. Why would you try to push them away? Why aren't you excited yep. to meet this person and be yeah. like, oh, cool. What do you know about Batman? That's awesome. Have you seen this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot to be celebrated, but we choose to just be rude about it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to like dive into the negative side of comic books because quite honestly, there's way too much of that there's on the internet. Because that's just... all we do in our <laughs> off time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I just wrote this Patreon article about the positive side of comic books and like what's good in comics. And I, that's, that's really what we should be pushing for more quite often. And, I don't know. I just I, I'm I'm curious to know what how people got in and why they stayed in comic books yeah. because it's it can be very hard, right? Like it, even even going into your comic shop and the person behind the counter may be like, "Why are you reading this book?" Um, and I've never experienced that personally, but I know that other people have. Um, well, yeah, yeah. What's, what's interesting, I think you know, my experience, like I said, was someone that read comics growing up, and then I was really into DC. You know, I, my introduction to comics was the Super Friends cartoon. You okay. Know, and this, the superpowers action figures. I mean, yeah. I had all that stuff. The first comics I read were the little mini comics that came with the action figures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's always been a part of my thing. I've always loved that stuff. But when I went away from comics for a while, um, after co- after high school, I was reading you know indie comics like Daniel Klaus and Chris Ware type right. stuff. So in tune with the, the genre. But when I got back into reading superhero comics, it really was almost like so comfortable and revisiting old friends. Like, oh, yeah. There's Batman. I remember that guy. Or like, yeah. oh, there's the Marsh Manhunter. I love that guy. So it was like it was like a welcoming sort of return mm-hmm. to something that was familiar and familial to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I'm such a Marvel fanboy, because for me it was the X Men animated series Same. and the Spider Man animated series. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. those were the cartoons I watched growing up. Yeah, that X Men is like the the thing that drove me to buy my, you know, first comic book that I had ever really owned. Or Yeah, <laughs> long story short, that's what it turned out to be. And uh yeah, it's really bizarre. I think I've told this story a million times, and I, so I don't want to tell it again, but like, got an X-Men book, and it was just like, oh, well, then I should probably read all of these, because I, <laughs> like, that, that was like my, my mentality. It's like, oh, let's start at number one, and just like, let's see how many there really are. And then I was like, oh, shit, because I looked it up on the internet. Oh, no, there's quite a few. There's quite yeah. a few of those books out there, and they're not just one single line. Like, getting into that is, it's so overwhelming, but like, to me, I was really drawn in because it's like, that means there's so much about these characters and characters I probably don't know about yeah. that I can just dive into and it can be my own thing. And that's why like, I, I keep a lot of that stuff. I mean, I, I gush a lot on the show, but like, I still keep a lot of that stuff to myself because it's, it's just like a thing that I want to exist in and I want to enjoy myself. And this is why I don't want to talk to people about it because I've, I'm worried that I'm going to feel bad as if my enjoyment wasn't the quote-unquote correct way to enjoy that thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really bizarro that we're doing a show like this. <laughs> um, and I keep coming back to this thought because I've mentioned this to other people and they're like, it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. You don't like talking about comic books right. and yet you have this podcast. But it's like, I trust you guys not to make me feel like shit about the way that I'm you know, <laughs> right. reading my a- X-Men books. About this one thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> other things. Are other things totally on, on the table, um, but not about how I'm experiencing and enjoying my comic books. Well, what's interesting, I, I think comic books are unique, and I always, I say it jokingly, but I really think, for me personally, I like the experience of reading comics and even talking about comics more than I like watching movies or watching TV at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe just I'm, I'm, I've become a curmudgeonly old man and have... Don't want to waste my time at all. Hey, so man. it's like I can't sit through a movie anymore, but I can sit down and read a comic book in 15 minutes yeah. and have like a more rewarding experience. Right. But I think that that experience is so subjective as opposed to even TV shows. You may watch by yourself, but you can immediately, everyone kind of has a similar experience watching TV. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas comics, it depends on what music you're listening to, if you're sitting inside or outside. Yeah, it's how much quickly more personal. You read. Yeah, it's more subjective, yeah, totally. personal sort of experience, which makes it hard to kind of talk about. Yeah. You know? I'm glad that you like shoehorned the topic idea that you're talking about before. <laughs> before yeah, we started recording, we were we kind of were just like throwing around ideas about what we talk about. I really like that. Like I, I always forget like that the personal thing that you can potentially do with comic books, and we've we've talked about it a million times on the show. But there are a a ton of different angles that you can take about how reading comic books can be a personal thing for you. Um, like especially saying like. You know, you said you grew up watching these cartoons, yeah. and then you come back to the comics, and like that experience is completely unique to you because it's like you're seeing old friends. Yeah. But maybe when you were younger, you hated Batman for some reason, and you <laughs> no, pick no, up no. a Justice never, League book. Never, never. No, no, no. I mean, like if, for instance, let's let's make a straw man here. That's you yeah. know, someone hated Batman. They pick up Justice League. Let's and, make a straw Batman. Here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh fuck, Batman's in this. But maybe it's not as bad as they thought. You know, Straw Man was definitely one of the worst Legion of Superheroes characters. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, that, that kind of is an interesting point because I remember I watched all that stuff and I knew the Silver Age versions of the characters. But when I was old enough to go buy my own comics, yeah, that's when you know, you know, Hal Jordan was gone. You had Kyle Rayner instead, mm-hmm. or like you had replacements. Like you know, Barry Allen was dead, and it was Wally West instead. Right. And it kind of threw me off as a kid. I'm like, well, this is not. These are not these characters. It took me a while to get over that. It's yeah. fun to go back and revisit that stuff now and see how radical that was at the time for them to change the legacy characters and how dumb it is for them to keep going back to the original version yeah. sometimes. But yeah, I remember like first getting into comics was kind of a big hurdle to get over because it wasn't the versions of the characters I was familiar with mm-hmm. from being younger. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think that that's the problem that we face today where we kind of, we hope that co- movies and TV shows are going to be like the comic book counterparts. Because we want other people to get into the comics and be like, oh, well, you really like that run on you know, Daredevil? You should read this, this run that's coming out right now. It's a very similar story. It's got the same kind of villains and stuff, and it's all the characters that you recognize. Mm-hmm. But it's, always, it's never the same. It's never one-to-one. And that's okay. Like, I think at this point, we really need to just like, deal with it. <laughs> They're never going to, we're never going to see a one-to-one movie or TV show. Frank Miller tried it. It was Sin City. And those <laughs> words were not meant to be spoken out loud. And that was proof. That movie yeah. was proof. <laughs> not to say that Sin City is a bad comic, because right. I think it works great as a comic. Definitely. But Definitely. it does not work on screen very well. Yeah, I mean, um, that's a whole other topic, really. I mean, that the idea that because, quote-unquote, comic book movies, which people really mean superhero movies when yeah, they say yeah, that, yeah. Uh, have become so uh, commonplace People kind of think that they're interchangeable. They're really, but like we were saying earlier, the, the experience of reading versus experience of watching is so different. Mm-hmm. I think it's better to kind of separate them. I'd rather see more superhero movies with established characters that deviate from the comics. You know, yeah. I'd rather see them say, "Here, yeah, we're going to be influenced by these classic Daredevil stories, but we're going to take it in a very different direction. Therefore, it's not yeah. an adaptation as much as a reimagining or something like that." Well, and 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 that also is kind of a thing where it's like if you've read all the Daredevil books. Right, I mean, to keep on this this same yeah. example, if you read all the Daredevil books and you're getting a TV show about Daredevil, like 
that's just more Daredevil for you to have. If you're right. that big of a Daredevil fan, like, shit, dude, you just got a whole <laughs> new arc of Daredevil for you right there. And it's, it's acted out, and there's really cool music, and it's got stars that you maybe like or whatever. But, yeah. like, provided the show is actually a good, what you would call maybe a comic book story or just a good superhero story, you've ended up with another run of Daredevil that's really good. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you have any thoughts. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm worried. I know I'm going off of kind of what you and Renee were talking about last week on the show with TV show adapta- adaptations. Oh man, I don't remember most of last week's show. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of cold medicine involved oh, in last okay. week's okay. show, <laughs> and I don't t- generally listen to the episodes I was on yeah. because hearing my own voice over my car speakers freaks me out. Imagine <laughs> being the host of the show, and you have to listen to your voice every single week to make sure that Xander did a good job. <laughs> Sorry, He's I took, right I took Xander, a look Xander, at Xander, who is also sitting right yeah, here. Yeah, Xander, us. this beautiful, beautiful being who has graced the earth with his presence. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I totally understand that. And but like that's the the Daredevil thing. I think like we should be we should be willing to accept different takes on characters that we know, provided yeah. that the take on the character is still good to the origins of that character yeah it's kind of like the idea of people always talk about the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law they don't have to meet the letter of the character as long as they're meeting the spirit of the character exactly as long as you can watch it and think like yes this feels like something daredevil would do Mm -hmm. then i think that's a good adaptation which is funny because what can end up happening even in comic books is that can be pushed to it in a different direction, right? Is this the spirit of what Daredevil would do? Would Daredevil decide to suddenly just be positive about everything, right? And not be this brooding character that he was for so many years, and it defined who that character was. And the answer is yes. And Mark (laughs) Wade wrote that book, and it was really good. It was really good. You know, so could we have a happy-go-lucky season of Daredevil on Netflix? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Okay, the answer is no, because that show's too dark. Yeah. But would it be out of (laughs) character to do it? We can have one good one episode. Sure. Could we have an episode where Matt Murdock's just like, you know what, today I'm going to be real happy. And then by the end, someone like dies five times in front of him somehow. Yeah. That maybe would work. Would that be in the spirit of the character? Probably, if yeah. it was justified the way that Matt Murdock did it in in the comic book. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I just read a big uh, sort of article. It's like an oral history of the the bat the Nightfall story. You know, where Batman gets his back broken by Bane and all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. they tell the famous panel at least. Yeah. Well, because I remember reading all that when I was younger, back in my day. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, I, they did like an oral history of that where they talked to the editors of the Bat books and a few of the writers and they talked about the writing process, who came up with the idea, how they streamlined all that. Yeah. And they make an interesting point right at the beginning of it where they said Denny O'Neill, who was the editor of Batman at the time, you know, famous Batman writer, he would always say, if it's a Batman story, but you could fit in any other character, let's say if it's a story, but it would work with Wolverine instead of Batman, it's not a good Batman story. It has to fit oh. the character. And I think that's want to tie back to the what we started with yeah we're getting yeah. back into comics and f- those familiar characters and kind of having that sensation of like yeah there's probably been at least a decade between when i stopped reading batman and when i started reading batman again mm-hmm. but i recognize the character and as long as the story fits yeah you know it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like spider-man wearing the bat suit or something like that different yeah, yeah. even though it could be a good story it doesn't fit the character so there's something about especially legacy characters like that and i know that's 
that can be difficult for a casual fans to get into because there's so much history there. But yeah. I, as someone that grew up with those characters, I I value that type of history and that sort of familiarity with those characters. It is funny that you mentioned Wolverine there too, considering that if somebody <laughs> somebody was reading a Wolverine book back in 2008 and then came back in now and they're like, all right, hang on a minute, <laughs> oh, well, hold on. where where is normal Wolverine? Who is this old man? Who yeah, is yeah. this woman? Like yeah. where where did Wolverine go and why is he coming back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, well, that's that's a whole other mess, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, the thing that, so, I mean, let me let me actually get into the thing that keeps me coming back to comic sure. books, right? Yeah. Um, because it's it's not just talking to people because I don't really like talking to people, like I've said. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the thing that keeps me coming back to comic books is finding new and interesting ways for people to play on existing like archetypes and story types right like i really love a good crime comic i really like reading criminal was fantastic and the fact that brubaker and phillips did it for seven volumes and pretty much did the same story over and over and over but really really well kicked a lot of ass Mm -hmm. you know i i I love finding weird stuff like chew that somehow works for 60 issues right yeah Uh, reading why the last man was a really bizarre experience because i didn't understand that a comic book couldn't be a superhero book, right? Like sure. finding all yeah. this kind of, I, I can't really point at one specific thing that keeps me coming back to say like, this is definitely it. I'm sure that that's not true for either of you. Right. Um, as well, but uh, still it's, it's something that's like comic books have this way of trying out new things um, and trying to twist on stereotypes and tropes and all sorts of things that you can't find in any other medium because there's way too much budget that's required <laughs> in order to do it. Yeah. Um, unless you're like into like very low level amateur film or something like yeah. that. Um, but it, unless, you can do it in prose as well. But I feel like comic books are that perfect level of visual and, you know, reading like where you actually can get fully immersed in a story, even just a single one shot and feel like, wow, I really, really got what the person was trying for. And, like the one perfect example is the Belfry by uh, Gabriel Hardman, mm-hmm. right? It's a one-off horror story about like a plane that crashes, and there's this island full of vampires with wings, and everybody dies, and it's gruesome and horrible, and it's not a happy book. But I totally got it, and it was like 28 pages, and I was totally immersed in it. And I don't think I could have gotten that for like a 30 like minute short or like a 20 minute short. I don't know what the actual like equitability is between the two. Yep. Um, I don't even know if that's a word that I just said. <laughs> but like I don't know if those two equate like a 30 minute video versus a 28 page comic or something yep. like that. But nonetheless, I, I think comic books have that ability to do that. And which is why I'm always trying like I'm always saying I'm trying new weird shit. Um, but it, it's comic books can totally get you into something that you maybe didn't think you were into in the first place like yeah. i didn't think i'd be into crime stories i love crime stories now but I, that maybe that's just the thing that happens when you get older I, <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's something to that i mean the combination of the words and the the image that i think is so such a unique experience compared to like film where it's a very passive experience where you're just watching it you're watching it unfold yeah whereas comic book, you're, you're kind of in control of the pacing of the story you can read it faster or slower right, right. which is why you know there's something like when you're reading the Jack Kirby comic and they have like the opening splash page and then you turn it and then it's the double page spread and it basically stops you cold and yeah. you have to spend, you know, a couple minutes just pouring over it every detail. Mm-hmm. You can have that. I've had that same experience reading, you know, books by Charles Forsman, who is like the end of the fucking world. Yeah. My favorite comics ever. Visually, it could be not be further from Jack Kirby you yeah, know yeah, I mean? in yeah. terms of style. <laughs> But I've had the same experience where just a single panel, it could just be a wordless panel of someone's facial expression stops you cold. Yeah. And you have to kind of appreciate it as opposed to, 
you know, like I said, movies or films or, I mean, I don't play video games, but maybe similar to that where it's, you're not, you're sort of like letting things happen as opposed to being more in control. And I think there's something to that reading experience that keeps me back aside from the characters that I've talked about or, you know, dumb superhero stories, which I'll always be a sucker for. There's something about that reading experience that always kind of keeps me coming back as well. Yeah. And I, I, I have a similar experience with, uh, reading the dialogue in comics because I tend to I focus a lot on intonation and like yeah. how something is said I feel okay. like is as important as what is being said mm-hmm. and when I'm reading a comic I can infer from what's going on like how I think the actor the quote-unquote actor would deliver that line mm-hmm. right. to, to continue the metaphor whereas when I'm watching Daredevil like the actor, uh, I forget his name, made a decision on how Matt Murdock should say this. And the director said, yeah, that's good. We'll keep that one. Yeah. Or, no, do it again. Try it like this. Right. Right. And so I, I do enjoy having sort of my say in that. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I read a comic, everybody's a lot more sarcastic than they might <laughs> otherwise be. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's all I had for this. No, I, no, <laughs> um, I, so, like, I don't know. We normally do a lot on the show. We normally, you know, we we try to... You have, like, this format, and I'm, I feel like this just kind of, like... Sh- we've been talking about comic books for, like, the last yeah. 14 hours, like, since we've been here. Like, we've yeah, been here since Friday a, morning. It's been a big chunk of what we've done. Yeah. So, and, but, I mean, Paul, you just got here, but yeah. go ahead, go I ahead. I was going to say, like, maybe in, in lieu of doing, you know, what we read, what we're looking forward to, is, is there a comic book that you've read recently, in your recent memory, that... Maybe like is an example of why you love. It. Maybe Rick revived your love of comics, or was like you read it. Like, yeah, this is exactly why I still buy these dumb things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, that's a that's a great question, and I apologize. I'm a little drunk on this beer that Paul I'm got sorry, me. It's, it's, it's really heavy. good. It's yeah. a Founders Double Trouble. Yeah, um, and the face on it is really bizarre looking. But um, so Hard if to I look at if Haunting I sound, to behold. if I sound a little off, it's because of that. I've just been rambling because I'm also a little little drunk here. But uh, yeah, the comic books that that it really rocked me and like made me go hell yeah. Um, I think Sleepless was a book that I like was anxiously like, and I've been plugging Sleepless like it's my job. Like yeah. I don't know these people that make this comic book, um, but I love it to death. Uh, that that's a book that's really gotten me into things. Um, like my renewed or I guess newfound love of manga was really solidified when I was reading Pluto by Naoki Urasawa, uh, which is a really interesting book. I think I've talked about it on the show, but if it's, it's basically, they took an arc, uh, this creator, he took an arc of Astro Boy and turned it into like this crime mystery about who is killing all the great robots of the world. Mm -hmm. And this is like a, you know, decades old, like manga that he expanded upon and he worked with, um, uh, I want to say, Oh, the creator of Astro Boy's son to basically make this book into something that was like really, really interesting. It's like eight volumes and it was like that and some really like some recent books from I think like the Astonishing X-Men book that Charles Soule did really got me like hardcore back into X-Men. I think Mark Guggenheim's X-Men Gold for the first couple arcs was really, really solid that made me go, hell yeah, X-Men can be good, guys. <laughs> it's been kind of off for a little while. And I don't mean to like shit on Jeff Lemire's extraordinary X-Men because it's kind of what I'm indirectly doing. I think that there was a lot of creative choices he couldn't make, and sure. he was just a big name at the time, and Marvel was like, why don't you try in the X-Men? And he was like, fuck, I'm out at Marvel. <laughs> um, outside of his most recent stint on Century. Um, 
but like Saladin Ahmed's uh, Black Bolt was something yeah. that just like rocked me really hard. I did. Yeah. I've always liked Black Bolt as a character, but what a compelling story! Like he was able to tell with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are some of the some of the more recent ones. I've been I've been trying to read like I've been reading all the X Men stuff. I just caught up on a lot of that, but. Yeah, I think those are the ones that, that I don't know. I could probably go on if I had no, like a list clearly. in front of me, yeah. but uh, yeah, sorry, just spring that. No, on no, you. that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Something thinking about. I mean, yeah. have you had anything like that, Brian? I, 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 I've been talking for a while. Um, not a specific thing that I read recently. Um, the best thing that I have in a similar vein is Giant Days. Oh which yeah, I'm oh, sure yeah. is surprising <laughs> the hell out of all our listeners right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Giant Days remind me that comic books are actually meant to be enjoyed. <laughs> right, right. Like, there's something that you're supposed to read and like, mm-hmm. not like a lot of the superhero books that I read because I wanted to know what happened. Right. That's oh really good. man, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where I I would get a superhero book like uh, like a Spider Gwen or something like that, and by the time I stopped picking up Spider Gwen, I was just kind of mechanically flipping through the pages, going like, uh huh, uh huh. Oh, Frank Castle's here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Done. Next. And then, but with Giant Days, I actually, like, you know, there are, almost every issue has me like, throwing my head back and laughing. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. just kind of reminding me what it's like to feel joy for a minute. I don't know. <laughs> you know, in the year 2018, it's really important to be reminded what joy feels totally, like. Totally, totally. Remember laughter? Remember, um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like books, I feel like I've talked about most of these books on the show before, but they're, they're what's doing it for me right now is like, Proxima Centauri is a book that you know the uh, yeah yeah Feral Darrymple book. <laughs> I know we've talked about that. It's such a bizarro book, like but oh, it's man. one of those things. Like similar to what Brian was saying, like you know, I'm I'm liking the Tom King Batman stuff, but some issues it is kind of a mechanical reading experience. Like okay, yeah. let's get through this to get to this, the next part of the story. Whereas Proxima Centauri is like I never know what is happening in the book, and it's such a like <laughs> a unique experience. Like I don't know what what is happening. I don't remember what these characters' motivations are. I don't mm-hmm. remember who they are, but the the artwork is so lovely and it yeah. feels compelling. It's almost dreamlike, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah, the way yeah. the story is told. Um, so that's really doing it for me. Yeah. I just caught up on that book and I, I like sat back and I was like, man, I maybe need to reread from one and it's four issues in. <laughs> I don't, exactly. But the, the other thing too about his books is like, that is something f- I, similar to the sort of familiar, like multiverse or, you know, 616 Marvel mm-hmm. universe where it's like you enter in this world and everything's sort of connected. Feral Darrymple's comics, like there's recurring characters throughout all of the books, whereas it's not one big story. Yeah. But you'll have the same characters show up in each book and kind of do things. And it's mm-hmm. like, it feels like it's part of the same universe, but you don't, you can jump in at any moment. It's not like there's like a beginning and an end. Yeah. You can enter through any book and be a part of that world. Which exactly. That's a type of reading experience that I think is totally unique. And that's something that you literally could not do in TV or movies. Mm-hmm. Right. So. It's, it's, it's funny you mentioned something like that because I think. Like I know you for a long time you were selling really hard on Transformers versus GI Joe. Oh yeah, and I and I was definitely like resistant to it because I was like I don't give a fuck about either <laughs> of those properties. And at the time, I mean, I I was had like this big shield up about reading licensed properties because oh, I true. really don't like. I for a long time, and I think I talked about it on the show a long time ago. I didn't like reading licensed books because there's just like a this is supposed to be on tv i don't really need to read any more of it <laughs> there's an innately cash grabby feel to it definitely totally yeah. totally but and and so the thing about this transformers gi joe's book was i remember paul you gave me the mic rap and guarantee which was that's the right. like if you don't like this i'll give you your money back and i was like all right fuck it um that's a, that's a solid deal because i make that myself and like if you're willing to put up your money for it like then there must be something valuable there yep so when i read it 
I remember just getting like super hooked in. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but it was so like there was like this childlike excitement to the entire book. Not yeah. to say that it was simple by any means, but it just had this like it, it huge brought back feeling. that feeling of you playing with your transformers yeah. and your GI Joe. And it's it's not like I spent the entire series feeling like that, but it felt like a big book without having a lot of meaning, right? And the book just <laughs> it, it not to say that it's pointless or anything right. like that, but right. it just has this it's got this weird very much like it doesn't matter what happened six pages ago. This is what's happening right now. It's a book that very much in the moment. There's always like... In the moment. That's the better you know, way like, to describe there'd it. There'd be Thank like you. one panel or just be a close-up of a character's face with a cool like, you know... like I think when they introduce... Uh, I'm blanking on the character's names now, but you know they would introduce a character and just be like, you know, like kind of the freeze frame of their face with their name underneath oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, It'd yeah. be a total break in the narrative, but it was just about in that moment, that is what looks awesome. Yeah, and every you know? single character gets introduced in an off panel. Like Even if they're yeah. showing up in issue 12 out of 13, yeah. if this dinosaur transformer hadn't shown up before, they're getting an intro, and they're going to get a little block in the bottom that like, <laughs> describes who they are, what they've done, and like who they know. And it's like, yeah. okay, sure. And, and, and they can be yours for fourteen ninety nine. Exactly. It almost yeah. feels like a cash grab, but... You know that coming out of that, there wasn't any any toys or anything oh, yeah. ready for you. But what there was so much fun about it was that it really, I honestly believe that it really opened my mind to the idea of one, licensed comic books can be do, can be good, mm-hmm. and two, like that there is like this not you don't need to tell a story that is like so driven completely by the narrative. It can kind of just be like, and there there can be an idea of like it's Transformers as GI or and GI Joe versus cobra and we're just kind of going to do that for 22 pages and it doesn't really need to link up maybe they're going to fly into a thing and we're going to follow them for three or four pages and then we're just going to cut to something different there's just a lot of fun that happened in that book that i didn't get from any other book yeah. and like it made me want to try more experimental stuff like some see all these other work that he's done as well as like yes. feral Darumple and everything mm-hmm. like that yeah i think that's the thing you know even though i do read a lot of superhero stuff and i, I jokingly say it's dumb i generally love it but it is kind of like predictable and simple, even though it's it, it hits that button for me really, yeah, really well. You, you can love something dumb. Like yeah, Kate yeah. loves me. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got she thumbed up. You got a thumbs up for that. So, uh, but something about the the medium of comics the, itself that you know that allows for that experimentation. You know, when you think about. I think Jack Kirby's work has been so absorbed by every other artist that followed him. But when you go back and read the original, it is experimental. Like you can totally. tell he's kind of telling the story panel by panel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In that and it sort feels of, like there's like where was the narrative going from page to page, and, and maybe he ended it, and it's like I guess that all connects, right? You <laughs> kind of just say I guess, I yeah. guess that works. Or even you know a book like Love and Rockets, which you know the the Jaime Hernandez stuff. Like visually, it seems very sort of streamlined and simple. But you know when he's writing it, he literally is writing it panel by panel. There's not a script that he writes out and then draws. It's like, here's what happens this panel. Here's what things can happen next. If it doesn't work, I'll erase it and start again. I mean, that's that's, that's a insane. very experimental way to make art totally. and write a, t- tell a story. And I think, again, that's something that can only work in this medium. And that that's why I keep coming into that book. Talk about characters that you love as <laughs> right. family members. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I still need to, I still need to like catch up. I need to read... It is on my list, I swear. I know I said a while ago that I was going to read uh, The Love Bunglers. It's yeah. it's on my shelf. It's just like sitting there. I, I will, I'm so intimidated by it because I, I know. know what Love and Rockets... I know like how big that story is and I, I feel very intimidated. But I know it's there and it's not that thick of a book. I do, I do want to do this weird social experiment where I want to have someone to read that, that story alone cold yeah. and see what they think and then have someone who's read the entire like 30-year... 
you know, story, then read it and see what they think. And you can track down one of those 12 people. To, I'm sure. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who've read all of it. Like, yeah. let us know. and We could do it live on the show. And that, I mean, I think that's, again, the thing where people get intimidated by long runs or legacy characters, but a good story is a good story. Whether you know the character, if it's t- well told, totally. you can jump in at any point. Yeah. You know? You don't have to have read every Spider-Man story. Look. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know, another example of a book that I've read recently that really kind of invigorated my love of comics is honestly the Ed Piscar, you know, X-Men. X-Men Grand Design, Grand Design, man. which I care, I don't care about the X-Men at all, but mm-hmm. his love and passion for it comes through. Totally. And the way he tells the story is so much more compelling than actually reading the story sure, to, to sure. me. So. Well, I mean, and he's, he's cramming in, you know, years and years worth of story into panels, right? Exactly. Uh, and, and that's great, but and it's, what's funny funny though is that you think about the origins of spider-man right and you think about how spider-man got his powers it all happened in one page right like he gets bit and then he's like what's what's happening to my body is it puberty oh no i'm a spider boy um like that's that happens in one page, and it's 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 articulated a little bit better than that by Stan Lee. Well, isn't that Your the body joke? will begin going through changes. <laughs> yeah, something well, isn't, like that. Isn't that kind of the joke where the original Lee and Ditko story is like eight pages, like the origin of Spider-Man, yeah. and then like when Brian Michael Bendis does the Ultimate Spider-Man, this it is, takes six issues. This is exactly what I was story. talking about. What I was yeah. trying to get to is that like when Bendis redid that origin story, it took out an entire arc. Yeah, and that's something to be said about like I don't think that Bendis was necessarily that's trying not to good like or bad. Like, yeah, I don't think he was trying story, to like yeah. sell more comics that way or right. anything. But uh, it, it, you can tell that like the way that we tell stories is a lot more drawn out because we want that emotional connection to characters. So when Peter finally gets bit by this spider and turns into this weird spider person, spider um, man. Before, before he's got a name, he's just a spider. spider he's just person. an arachnid man. Okay, that's what I would call him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Senor Arthropod. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he a Nazi boy, if you miss. Uh, so sorry. Uh, that was a, that was really bad. Uh, the six Xander issues. Xander is dying. Xander's wow. dying over here because I can't articulate anything, and he has to somehow edit this. What's interesting about the way that Bendis told that story was like he definitely. He, it's not that he drew it out; it's that he wanted you to know who Peter was before he became Spider-Man. So when you finally see why he makes the choices to be this vigilante who helps people, you see that he has the the like what is it pathos to do that, mm-hmm. um, and. I, I really like that because when I read Ultimate Spider-Man, like I knew who Spider-Man was. I knew the origin story. I'd seen the the Tobey Maguire movie, of course, yeah. uh, and I knew who Spider-Man was probably before that. But <laughs> when I read the Brian Michael Bendis run, like I got super connected because that story draws you the hell in. If you haven't had a chance to read that, go on Comicsology Unlimited. Go to your local library and read that Ultimate Spider-Man run because it'll break your heart. Peter Parker is such a sweet boy, <laughs> and it's, it's unbelievable. Like the way that Bendis made allowed people to reconnect with this character that they've probably known their entire lives because of how pervasive Sp- Spider-Man is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. But with to get back to the point, uh, <laughs> X-Men Grand Design is really interesting because <laughs> Pisker manages to tell this very succinct story that makes sense and totally works narratively without... Glo- and he glosses over some details, but he tells you enough to get you up to speed and yeah. so everything connects together. Yeah, I mean... That's why it's great. I think, yeah, the ability to sort of streamline that information into that type of story or that, mm-hmm. that type of a narrative is, again, something unique to comics. And I think what I'm getting from our conversation... Mm-hmm is this idea that what we like about comics is that they're boundless. They can mean anything. Totally. You know I mean, there's so many different genres and different styles mm-hmm. and uh, they don't really belong to anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> so gatekeeping and that type of thing, 
comments yeah. don't belong to you. They don't belong to us or me. Yeah. And I kind of love that. They can be whatever they need to be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I feel like it wasn't until, like, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to yeah. go there. Um, what are your thoughts, Brian? Final <laughs> thoughts, I guess. We could wrap this up because yeah. I feel like we're going a little long. But, I mean, final thoughts on, like, what comic books mean to you now, now that you've been in, the, in them for maybe 10 years or so, on and off at least? Tough to say. <laughs> Honestly, with, without, without more time to really think about it, I don't totally. know if I'm going to have a satisfying answer for that. Totally. I mean, there's something that I feel anxiety about when I haven't read them in a while. I just have like <laughs> a stack of comics building up on my coffee table right. staring at me. Mm-hmm. I can't put them away, but I'm not going to read them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, think about this. Here you are in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, yeah. with a bunch of people you sort of vaguely know to talk about something that is important to you. I mean, that, that speaks volumes to like what comics mean, you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's... Uh it's weird. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird that like after four years we were able to do this, and we all for a long time did live in like the same city. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we and I mean I've known Brian for years, and yeah. like but we only we only hung out like a hand, you know we only hung out as a group maybe a handful of times. Um, yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I think this is this is a really cool thing. Yeah, I guess maybe the podcast itself is a testament to uh, why comics are important. Yeah. yeah? Absolutely. And we're not dicks to each other, which is nice. <laughs> That's, it's really nice. Kind of. I mean, yeah, Xander's given the, like, halfway hand. I mean, totally. <laughs> I mean, Nick's not here, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Nick. We love you. We Nick's lo- not hey. here for us to be dicks to. Yeah, this is true. This is true. This is true. All right, so this, is, this has been really fun. I know we wanted to record a podcast. I know this is kind of chaotic, so thank you guys for doing this. This is great. Sure. Yeah. yeah. This I mean, great. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come out here and do all this and <laughs> hang out with us and let me scream and yell and talk about how I don't like talking about comic books to you and then proceed to just ramble on and on about comic books. Uh, I'm fully aware of what just happened over yeah. here. Uh, so, yeah, let's. I, I want to wrap up and say thank you, guys. That's that's a whole thing. Um, but, yeah, thank you to the listeners out there for listening to the show. Be sure uh, to, maybe they should let us know why oh. they still read comics. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, you know, know we got an email. I mean, yeah, send us an email. Let us know why you still read comic books. It's been it's been really interesting to hear from at least a handful of you guys too, who are really into this stuff. Uh, a handful of people have already reached out to us to like talk to us about like some of the books that they do love. But it'd be really interesting to know why you got how you got into comic books, why you stay reading comic books. So send us an email at ircb at destroythesive.org or send us a message on Twitter at ircb podcast. You can follow us all on Twitter. At Brian Head is Brian. At Ohi Polly is Paul. At Mike Rappin is me. And the show is at IRCB Podcast. You can check out our website, ircbpodcast.com. You can also go to our Goodreads group where we have a monthly book club that's really, really cool. It's run by Kate and a handful of us. And we talk about some of those books every other month on the show. You can also go to the merch store at store.ircbpodcast.com. You can back us on Patreon by going yes. to patreon.com slash ircbpodcast. Finally, I want to say thank you to Xander, who edits the show. And thank you to Infinity Shredder, who does all the music for this show. They are the best band in the universe. Thanks to Brian and Paul for being on the show. Thanks to Kate and Kate and Renee and Tia and (laughs) Nick and Kara, who aren't here, uh, or at least on the show this week. Uh, And thank you to the listeners one more time. Until next time, we'll check you later. Bye. Right, just leave me alone. <laughs> just oh yeah, it is nine nine and a half percent. It is. It, oh.
I really like that we all had our own distinct ways of holding the microphone. Yeah, I was... <laughs> like, Mike has, like, this three-finger grip, yeah. and yours, you had sort of, like, an elegant full hand, and I was just, like, gripping it in a fist. <laughs> Let me tell you about comic books. God, like, I caught it breaking into my house. <laughs> Swear to me. Xander, <laughs> that's really bad. I'm sorry. We don't have to... I thought it was really good conversation. I think that was, like, that was good.